Your Money Replay from Money FM 89.3. Influence with Michelle Martin on Your Money, only on Money FM 89.3. He was part of a gang at age 13, tried drugs three months after, and was addicted to heroin by the age of 15. He's been in prison five times, spent 20 years in jail, was released in March 2016, thankfully, so he could make this interview, clearly. At 50 years old, he was conferred a certificate of merit by Yellow Ribbon, is an anti-drug advocate and a speaker who reaches out to students in schools and volunteer welfare organizations and social agencies. He also conducts mentoring programs and gives talks at the Singapore prison, has spoken at Teen Challenge Singapore and various other platforms as well. He is currently working at a social enterprise that hires ex-offenders. It's called Blessed Collective and he wants to share his experiences with everybody, especially teenagers who may face some of the same challenges that he used to and he hopes that everyone can perhaps learn from what he's been through in life. He's also the subject of a new play, and we're going to talk about that right now. Welcome, Bruce Stevens-Matthew. Thank you, Michelle, for having me here. Good to have you. And how does it feel to be a subject of a play? Ah, Stressful. I feel very honoured that my life story will be made into a play because I feel that by doing so, it will reach out to a wider audience. Yeah, hopefully it does amplify yeah. the message. I think it's pretty terrific. So, understand you were in and out prison five times. Yes. What was it on that fifth experience that made you think that this is it? This is the last time I'm here? The first four times that I was in prison, it was always about when am I coming out? And after coming out, going back to my days of partying, of taking drugs, you know, basically wine, women and song. Mm. But the fifth time that I was in prison, it was very different because on my fifth incarceration, I was married and I also have a child then. She was three years old. And that made all the difference? It did. It did. Um, there was this one particular incident in prison that happened to me in prison. Okay, when I was in prison, my wife would bring my daughter to visit me once every month. Mm. And on this particular visit, that day was very special. Yeah. Do you know why it was special? I'm not sure. Was it Father's Day? No. It was my daughter's birthday, mm. her exact day. Mm. She had turned four. So my wife had bought her a brand new dress. And you know how little children are. She was so proud of the dress that when she stepped into the cubicle, she started to parade herself. And when she sat down, I sang a birthday song. And then at the end of the song, my daughter gave me a big, bright smile. She looked at me and she said, Dada, carry and you couldn't reach out to her. And I could not. I, I tell you, when I heard that word carry, my heart absolutely dropped. And then she looked at me and she said, Dada, carry. I mean, Michelle, what could I do? There's a glass in front of me. Yeah. So all I did was I shake my head. And then she started crying and she bawled, I want to go home. I want to go home. You know, in all my years in prison, you know, from the early 90s and until, you know, 2016, I never missed one visit. But that visit, I never got to finish because my daughter was crying so uncontrollably, my wife had to bring her and leave. So on that day, I told myself, Bruce, you've got to call it a day. That's a great story. It really is amazing how much of our lives we live for others. Yes. You know, how much we can do when, when we take ourselves out of the equation, mm -hmm. really. As an ex-convict yourself, what do you recognize as some of the struggles that ex-convicts face trying to stay on the right path. As you mentioned, you know, you're out, 
when you're you're in prison, you're thinking, okay, when do I get out again? And then it's just you know back to the life, right? It's really hard to get out of that cycle. So, what are the challenges that prevent them from staying on the right path? I suppose. I guess for me and many others, the ultimate challenge, I should say, mm. is always ourselves. Yeah, myself. Mm. You know, when I get out, what is it I want out of life? You know, do I want to go back to my old ways, mm. or do I want to start? A new chapter in my life, and if I do want to start a new chapter, there are many steps that I have to take. Yeah, but you needed that overall because you recognize you were that barrier between you yes. and your daughter. It was you standing in the way. Yes, and you needed to get out of your own way. And as you see, there are many, many, many steps. So, some of the greatest challenges that you face, I've read. You know, when people talk about hard drugs, cocaine, heroin, they talk about the loneliness associated around drug taking and how the drug becomes their only friend almost. Mm -hmm. And breaking that is part of the challenge. Is that true for you? It is, even until now. The sad part about being addicted to hard drugs is this. You will always, or I will always be a recovering addict till my last dying breath, right? The best analogy I've read about Recovering addicts is this. You're craving for drugs. It's just like a dormant volcano inside of you, mm. waiting for the day to erupt. Mm. Yeah. It's the same for me. But then it's not all doom and gloom. There's still good news. <laughs> and the good news is, the longer you abstain from drugs, the easier it becomes. Yeah, yeah. How do you cap that volcano, right? It's yes. An effort each and every time. That is the question. I understand your daughter's name is Beatrix. Yes, Beatrix. And you have a tattoo of her name on your left forearm, which you say helps you stay clean. How so? Yes. Well, I have a tattoo of her name, and above that, as you can see, uh -huh. it's, it's a compass. Lovely. So basically, this tells me to keep my inner compass facing true north. Because my two pillars of support, my two greatest pillars of support, one, my, my daughter, my family, and the second, my faith. I'm a Christian. Yeah. So these are the two pillars that keeps me focused. Yeah, not when to lose focus. When was the last focus. time you were in prison? Well, I was released to 7th of March, 2016. Milestone day. Oh, I'm sorry. That wasn't my last. My last was... I think it was three weeks ago when I went in to counsel someone. Okay, very different reasons. My heart stepped a bit of a beat there. Okay, so do you think that society today, Singapore society, is accepting of you know former convicts who want to find their way in life? I do see an increase in acceptance, an increase. We are not totally there yet, but mm, I mean, we are getting there. We are getting there. Mm. I mean, at the end of the day, to be honest, I cannot blame society mm. because this is what I would tell the people that I counsel. Many prisoners, when I speak to them, they'll tell me, say, Bruce, you know, we have the Yellow Ribbon uh, Project, Yellow Ribbon Movement. You know, they're supposed to accept people like us. But when I come out, I cannot find a job. They just will not hire me. All right. Why? All right. Why can't they accept me? I would ask them this question. You tell me why they must accept you. Mm. Right? I mean, can you blame them? You look at their own track record. Mm -hmm. If you put yourself in their shoes, if you are an employer, you want to hire a cashier, for example, two come for interview, one without criminal record, one with, who are you going to hire? Right? Mm -hmm. So you can't blame them. So it's not about people not accepting you. It's about you keep moving on, not remain stagnant. There will be a lot of naysayers out there. 
But it's not about them. It's about you moving on and finding that one person who will accept you. Who is that one person who gave you work, which in turn, I think, work gives so much meaning to life, right? Who is that one person for you? First, it was Teen Challenge Singapore, all right? When I came out, I had a program with them. For the last leg of my prison incarceration, three months, I was placed on a community-based program at Teen Challenge. Um, and it was during then that I developed a burden for those who have been in my shoes. So much so that shortly after my release, I joined them as a care worker. Mm. And I'm so, I feel so blessed to say that in the 14 months that I was able to serve there, I could use all the negativity in my life and turn them into positive ones to help to encourage, but most of all, to impact the lives of other individuals who share the same addiction problems as I do. Yeah, And currently, I'm working in a cafe called The Blessed Collective. We are at Tan Tok Seng Hospital, Unit Number 01-19. Nice plug there. Yes, thank you. <laughs> it's a good coffee? Yep. Good food and great coffee. Oh, it's food and coffee. Yes. Okay, I'll be coming yeah. by. You do come by. For sure. I'll give you a discount. Hey, like the sound of that. <laughs> <laughs> Your life story has been chosen by Theatre Festival Dastak. They're a Hindi festival, I understand. All the plays will come with subtitles, so everyone's invited. Uh, Your life story, a 10-minute play. It's going to be directed by a Singaporean actor and director. His name is Kartik Somasundram. It's going to be performed at the festival. I understand how your life story got turned into a play. There's, there's a bit of serendipity there, right? Actually, when I was working at a cafe, one of our customers was sharing. I go about sharing my life story with anyone who would listen. The reason I do so is not to boast, but more so to give hope to the hopeless. Mm. Because when I was in prison, Michelle, trust me, I see the amount of hopelessness inside that it was so thick. Yeah. I, I, I tell you a, a case. Mm. This guy, the last time I was in, I was serving five years and nine months. Okay? This guy was serving a five-year sentence. We were at the beginning of this sentence, the first three months. You know what he told me? Mm-hmm. He said, Bruce, I'm just waiting to come back for my LT2. LT2 minimum is seven years. During his first three months of LT1, his five-year sentence. Gosh. I mean, what? Mm. So it shows me the amount of hopelessness that is in prison. Mm. Yeah. That all they can see is the next sentence. Exactly. That's tough. That's really tough. I mean, I'm just thinking five years ahead is tough. Yeah. That just the thought of that would break most people, mm-hmm. I think. Back to Dastak. Okay. So it gets picked. Was it Director Kartik himself who was interested in telling your story? Yeah, it was. It was. He came by the cafe and you had a chat. That's Actually, happened. no. What happened was this customer of ours, she heard my story and she absolutely loved it. She spoke to a friend whose name is Ganesh. He heard my story and he said, I absolutely got meet Bruce. So we met up. And just nice, I think it was like three, four days later, I was giving a talk at Teen Challenge. He said, I would love to come to listen to your talk. He went and, I mean, he fell in love with me, but I I married, I have a child. I get that, yeah, yeah. Yeah, very charismatic and great story. Yeah. And, and one that we're happy to tell here as well on Money FM. Hopefully, other employers jump on the bandwagon because you hear a lot about, um, you know, I, I read how prisoners sometimes feel it's easier. Life in prison is easier compared to life outside because you get a roof over your head, you have food brought to you, it's miserable. But then to face rejection over and over and over when you're trying to get back on your feet, trying to get a job. Uh, you know, that can seem even harder than life in prison. It is. 
I met this guy in 1998. He was serving a 20-year criminal preventive detention sentence. That means 20 years, no remission. Gosh. We were, ser- we were sharing the same cell. And, you know, I, I heard, it. I mean, 20 years, it's a long way to go. So I was trying to console him. I said, hey, dude, you know, take it easy, relax. You know what he told me? Mm. He said, I am relaxed. I feel more relaxed in here than on the outside. Okay. Because like what you said, I don't have to worry for my lodging, my food, my clothing. Everything is supplied. He said, on the outside, every day is a constant worry. Mm. How am I going to get money for my next meal, for my, for my food, for my shelter? Mm. You know? And employers, you know, you can help break that. Yes, they can. By giving a job which provides meaning and, yes. and hope. Yes. You know, at the end of the day, ex-convicts, just like you, I'm, we are human beings, you know. We are different, all right. By hiring us, you do hire our sets of problems. But, I mean, we, we are people worth, worth hiring, you know. Absolutely, absolutely. It's been a joy talking to you. And I hope more people come closer to your story through the play that will be held at Dastak Theatre mm-hmm. and Dance Festival from 9th to 17th November at the Stamford Arts Centre at Waterloo Street. Bruce Matthew, my guest in Influence. I hope you continue to use your story to spread your influence. Wonderful meeting you. Pleasure is all mine, Michelle. Thank you. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.